Better and Longer with The Fitness Show, hosted by fitness expert, author, and TV personality, Fitz Kohler. She'll tell you why diets are dumb, supplements are snake oil, and the truth about how you can earn a lean, hard, pain-free, and athletic body. Now for our favorite bossy blonde, Fitz Kohler. Hi team, I'm Fitz Kohler, your fitness expert from fitness.com, and welcome to The Fitness Show. I am so excited to be back <laughs> hosting a podcast. I keep having big gaps in between episodes, and I'm sorry about that, but I've been trying to get my life back together, and I think it's starting to happen. As many of you know, in February of 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I'm very happy to say that on May 11th, I had my very final round of chemo, and I'm officially cancer-free. Hoorah! Uh, that means a lot. <laughs> it's hard to actually put it into words, so I'm not going to try to put it into words, but I'm very grateful to be done with my treatment. I had my port taken out on June 3rd. If you're unfamiliar with a port, it's a weird device. They stick underneath. Well, for me, they stuck it underneath my clavicle between my midline and my shoulder, and it's where they would... Uh, infuse the chemo drugs. They'd poke a hole through my chest into the port and then that would send the drugs directly into my heart to swish throughout my body and kill anything that was unsavory. And sadly, I tried to kill some of the very nice things too. But anyways, done! (laughs) I am officially done. And I've got cancer in my rear view mirror and I will go get checked every three months for a long time and then every six months and every year. And I will squeeze my stuff. I will grope my boobs relentlessly looking to make sure I don't have any mean little lumps growing. And if they do, I will jump on top of it just the same way I did last time because uh, dying young is not on my agenda. If you don't regularly squeeze your stuff, I think it's about time you start. What you need to do is just set an an alarm on your cell phone every Wednesday morning. Whatever time you wake up, set an alarm to squeeze your stuff. Gentlemen, you have testicles. They should be squeezed. Y'all should get your annual exams. And uh, yeah, that's important. Early detection saves lives and it saved mine. Having said that, I'm not going to talk too much about this because it's not something I like talking about on the podcast. However, what I can tell you, for those of you who are curious what my experience was truly like, I've written a book and it will be released this fall. I'm extremely excited about um, getting it out to you and it does contain all of the gory details, all of the juicy stories, all the things you never knew. I was not forthright at all about what was going on with me while it was going on because I couldn't have handled the emotional toll that revealing those things would have entailed. I didn't want you to feel sad for me. I don't enjoy pity and it was easier to just be stoic and get through it and that's what I chose to do and I got to make that choice. However, the book is full of all the gory details and I think there's some pretty great stories and I think many of you will make an appearance in the book and I'm excited about that too because one of my favorite things to do is brag about my special people. So moving on, I want to talk to y'all about the quarantine 15. <laughs> it's, this quarantine has been 
bizarre. In fact, I'm pretty sure 2020 is the weirdest year in the history of not only America, but the world. Uh, the self-destruction and it's just weird. I can't go any further than to say it's very weird. Some of you have been crushing it in the health category. You've been exercising often. You've been trying new recipes, trying new produce, produce items. You've been more active than ever. In fact, one of the greatest things that I've seen is the run on bicycles. Whether you go shop at Walmart or Target or a specialty bike shop, there's almost no bikes to be found because people are buying them because they're going out to ride. It's amazing. In fact, all sorts of athletic equipment is uh, running low at sporting goods stores because people are venturing out of their own little box. You know, we've been stuck in this, or often people get stuck in a rut between we get up and go straight to work or drop the kids off at school and go straight to work and then go pick the kids up and go home and eat and blah, 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 homework and social media and they do nothing and now people are doing something they're roller skating they're canoeing they're hiking they're biking they're doing all sorts of wonderful things and i've seen many of you showing photos of your athletic adventures your outdoorsy activities and i've loved it and i'm taking part in that as well i'm a very outdoorsy person i love to get moving fresh air is not only great for my body but it's definitely great for my mind so I've been pursuing athletic adventure every single day, whether it's taking my dog to the park, to walk or run. I've been climbing um, stadium steps at the University of Florida football stadium, the swamp, going to the gym, swimming in the pool, all sorts of things. So I'm walking the walk, but I hope you are too. Because I, on the flip side, I see a lot of people that have been complaining about gaining 15, 20 pounds since society shut down in March, and that's just a load of crap. Excuse me if that's you. Too bad, it's a load of crap. The fact that you've used this as an opportunity to be a slouch means you've made some very poor decisions. So if you're one of those people, it's time to pull yourself together and put on your big boy or big girl panties and get to work. It is unacceptable for you to let this health scare as an excuse for you to destroy your health. And to be quite frank, the people who are at risk right now are people that are unhealthy. So why would you want to slip more into that category? That's a really foolish thing to do. You can't help your age. So boy, do we feel bad for the elderly people who are at risk. But the people who have just chosen to be unhealthy and unresilient and have weak immune systems because they don't eat healthy and they don't exercise, that's just not smart. So if you have allowed your health to slip because of this shutdown, I'm giving you a poke in the check chest and I think I'm doing one of those smacks, those double smacks across the face that makes you go that thing. I'm doing that to you right now and I need you to get your act together and I need you to focus on your health and build your own strong immune system so you don't have to hide and cower and be victimized by any sort of virus or bacteria or disease. The stronger you are today, the more capable you'll be of handling any sort of traumatic situation tomorrow. Got it? You gotta focus on your health. And that's why you're listening to me, right? We don't talk fashion. 
On occasion, we talk fashion, but if you're looking to me for fashion expertise, I think you're looking in the wrong (laughs) direction. So you got to be responsible for you. If you have children, you have to be responsible for them. You have to teach them good habits. It's very sad. I have a little girl in my life who is nine years old, and um, she's twice the size she should be. And it's it breaks my heart. And her family's not very healthy. Uh, they love her, and they're raising a nice little girl. But boy, does she face hardships at school. Kids bully her. They pick on her. And even kids who aren't mean-spirited will comment on her weight because they don't have those social uh, rules uh, locked in stone. You know, they're, maybe they don't know any better. But the poor thing someone needs to provide her with produce over crackers all day you know we have to work hard to make sure our children are healthy right healthy and fit and active and this poor little girl is active but the eating habits are out of control and I just it breaks my heart because I want better for her and not only do I not want her to deal with mean people and you know what mean people (laughs) people are mean to me I'm not overweight people are mean to me but um yeah I think she's going to be vulnerable to all sorts of ugliness as a grown-up as far as her health is concerned or ugliness as a child because being overweight comes with um natural consequences sometimes so anyways i really want better for you all please tell me that you've been using this shutdown or at least slow down in your recreational life please tell me you've been using it for good to benefit yourself to better your relationships because hopefully we will never see this type of type of thing again Um, but take advantage of it while you can if you can't go to the movies and you can't go skating and you can't go to disney or wherever you want to go well use that opportunity to improve upon your health and have some fun new types of fun so I have been hitting it hard. I've been exercising frequently and aggressively, trying desperately to get back to where I was before cancer and then supersede that girl. Because I really, that full force fits Kohler. She was pretty impressive physically. She could do lots of incredible things. She was in very good shape. And I I really admire her and I want to go back to being her. And, and again, I want to get back there and surpass her. But I had the opportunity, well, I didn't have the opportunity. I saw an ad a couple months ago for a Spartan race in Jacksonville. If you're unfamiliar, it's an obstacle course race series. So you run a little bit, then you do an obstacle. You run a little bit, do an obstacle. And the obstacles are very diverse and they challenge your body in a variety of ways, including flexibility and strength and endurance and uh, aim. (laughs) There's just a lot of things that goes to it. So uh, the endurance industry has been shut down for a while. Sadly for my profession, the endurance industry has been shut down. I've lost 20 races that I was supposed to announce this year. And clearly that's difficult for um, someone who loves her work very much, difficult for someone to lose her income. But, you know, cry me a river, I just survived cancer. So I'm not having any sort of pity party. Nonetheless, race industry was shut down and now it's starting to come back. And Spartan was the first and of course it was Spartan because their whole mantra is be bold, be strong. You know, they were the brave ones to 
reopen the industry and their CEO, Joe, is a bit of a badass. I really admire the guy and I, I identify with him. I see eye to eye with him on a lot of things. So I was very grateful to see Spartan jumping back into the industry or at least kickstarting the industry. So I saw an ad and I thought, yep, I want to do that. So I instantly got on the computer and signed up. Thankfully, that first Spartan race in Jacksonville, Florida was less than an hour and a half from my home. So I thought, why not give it a go? Now, was I in the best shape? <laughs> was I in great shape to be able to go do that? Uh, I was in good enough shape, right? Sometimes you just got to be good enough. Now, Again, was I as strong as I used to be? Would I have cruised through and made it look easy like I used to? Absolutely not. But that was kind of the beauty of it. And I want you to come with me mentally on this journey because so many of you look at a Spartan race or any sort of obstacle course race and say, oh, I can't do that. I'm not, I can't do that. I'm not strong enough. Or that looks really hard. Uh, yeah, it looks really hard. It also looks really, really fun. To me, the most exciting part for me would be the opportunity to roll around in some mud. That was actually the number one thing I thought, ooh, I get to go play in the mud. And when do adults get to play in the mud? Not very often. Um, did I know I was in a weakened state? For sure, because I think the race was, oh, I know, so chemo ended May 11th. Now, mind you, just because you have your chemo on May 11th doesn't mean you're done with chemo on May 11th. The, the poison stays in your system for a while, trying to drag you down, trying to kill the cancer and affecting the rest of your body. But the race was June 10th. So I had less than a month between chemo and Spartan. Um, but I was excited to go have fun. And that's really it. Was I going to go out there and die? No. Was I going to go slower than I used to go? Yeah, but who cared? There was nobody out on that course who knew me or cared what my finish time was other than myself. So I can tell you that uh, we got out there, they had all sorts of safety measures, they took your temperature, they made you spread out at the start line, yada, yada, yada. But highlights for me was within 50 yards of starting, I was knee deep in mucky water. And about 50 yards after that, I was about crotch deep in mucky water. And I was laughing hysterically. It was so much fun. It was uh, playful and filthy and surprising and all of those things I wish for during my days. And, you know, last year when I was sick as a dog and struggling with needles and exams and scary stuff, I would have killed to be struggling with this type of hard stuff. So yeah, was I struggling during the Spartan race? Yeah, I was. And was it a good kind of scrub, strug, bleh, struggle? You're damn right it was. So yeah, ran through the mucky mud. And in fact, here in Florida, we had torrential storms the night before. If you're accustomed to road races, usually the water drains off the road if it had rained the night before. <laughs> Where we were in Jacksonville, Florida, but not the city of Jacksonville. We were kind of in the sticks on the west side. It was small trails and they were they were flooded almost the whole way knee and crotch deep and it was hilarious it was it was just really really fun and i was keeping an eye out for snakes and i was keeping an eye out for alligators because we were legit in the backwoods and it was awesome they had uh, walls for me to climb over there were ropes or razor wire to belly crawl under and they they had elevated them for this race so people 
um, had a little more room. I don't know how that prevents you from getting COVID, but they did it and it was thoughtful. We had to throw a spear into a man that looked like a Spartan. I had, oh, my favorite obstacle or one of my favorite obstacles was carrying around this huge bucket. You know the big buckets you get from Home Depot or Lowe's? Uh, the worker guy buckets, they were filled with rocks. The women had, I think we had 20 pounds of rocks in my bucket and the men had 40 pounds. So I had to pick up the bucket and hold it any way I could. I chose to hold it on my shoulders and I ended up swishing shoulders a bunch. But I had to walk around a lake carrying that bucket. And I think the, I mean, it was easily a hundred yard walk. So that was pretty cool. There were thing ropes to climb, slip walls to climb, dangling things. I couldn't do anything where I had to hang because of my recent surgery, so I wasn't able to do that. And that's okay. I skipped a few obstacles and nobody yelled at me and nobody beat me up and nobody sent me to the principal. I just skipped them. So imagine if you went to a Spartan race or a Savage race or a whatever other brand obstacle course races out there, you could just skip an obstacle. If you have something and you say, yeah, that won't be good for my knee or my hip or my shoulder, you can just walk by and nobody beats you up. It's magical. Uh, but gosh, we had so much fun. There was quite a few obstacles that were strength-based that I just wasn't able to do. Now, there were many women surrounding me that were conquering those strength-based obstacles. I just wasn't there yet. I think one of the things we had to do was pick up a big concrete ball, concrete, and it was either 50 or 75 pounds, and I could barely lift it off the ground. Nonetheless, pick it up, carry it 10 yards around a flag and bring it back to where it started. Um, so yeah, I, I failed at some of those obstacles, and that's okay because next time I go, I'm gonna fail a little less and I'm gonna achieve a little more. But it was an absolute blast, and I believe I was on the course for just under two hours, and the saddest part of the day was after I crossed that finish line because I wanted to go back out and play. That's how much fun it was. So please look for opportunities near you. And if it's not an obstacle course race, fine. Go on a paddleboard, join a paddleboard event or canoeing trek, whatever it is, whitewater rafting. Go do fun things because my life is so much better because of that one Spartan race. And you know what? I did it uh, uh, maybe three weeks ago now. And I'm still kind of reeling in the excitement that was June 10th. I had such a great day and I keep looking to see if there are more Spartan races coming near me or Savage. I really just wanna participate in life and I'm hoping you guys are being encouraged to go participate in life too. Kelly Campbell, one of my hotties, she is in the middle of black belt testing. How cool is that? Kelly's 40-something, full grown-up, and she's out there having her butt kicked every day, doing Taekwondo, and uh, or karate. I'm sorry, Kelly, if I'm getting it wrong. You gotta forgive me. But she's out there working on a black belt. So what are you working on that makes your life full of adventure? Find that thing. And then, since I was so pumped up from the Spartan race, I really wanted to do another event. Clearly, we're low on race availabilities or race options right now. But on Monday, I don't know, last week, I someone asked me, when are you gonna do another race? And I said, I don't know, uh, let me look. So I got on an app called Let's Race. I think it's a fantastic app if you've never used it. 
It will help you find something near you. Let's race. And I believe the picture on the app is a bunny rabbit. Green and black, I, I believe. But I looked on Let's Race and I found a triathlon series happening five days later in Claremont, which is less than two hours from my house. So I checked it out and uh, I ended up signing up for a mini sprint triathlon. So I've been swimming at the gym and doing about a thousand yards per swim. And I only stop at a thousand yards because I'm bored. You know, I can swim for so long, but there's no radio or no music and there's no TV and there's no book. And eventually I just say, ah, forget about it. So, um, but I'm a, I'm a strong swimmer. But the mini sprint had a 200-yard swim in a lake, followed by an eight-mile bike ride, followed by a two-mile run or walk. So I thought, sure, I can do that. I'm going to give it a go. So I registered very quickly. And, you know, I think really the biggest obstacle between registering and showing up was figuring out what I was going to do wardrobe wise so guys you can always throw on some trunks and a tank top and be fine ladies you know we have swimsuits and I (laughs) my swimsuits are great for swimming not so good for running I need a little more support so I was just not sure how I was going to manage that I ended up calling Eva Solomon who's my Michigan race director and very good friend and she's a she ho- she owns triathlons, but she also is a great triathlete, and she's conquered Ironman several times. And I said, Eva, what do I wear? And she tried to send me. She said, Fitz, I will send you one of our epic races, goddess triathlon kits and, or suits. And I thought, wow, that would be great. And then I thought, no, no, <laughs> don't send me an official triathlon outfit because I don't want people to take me too seriously and think – that I know what I'm doing because even though I get it, I'm no superstar triathlete and I think the outfit kind of makes you look like you're a good triathlete. Now, mind you, when I went to the race on Saturday, there were lots of people wearing the tri kit and there was quite a few of them who didn't look like they were in super rock star shape. But I thought, well, maybe if I wear something that's less less sophisticated, I'll get help when I need it. So. I was going to wear my swimsuit top and bikini bottom. I'm a, I'm a two-piece girl, not a one-piece. I don't own a one-piece, and I look really dumb in a one-piece, so that's just my opinion. But yeah, so I thought, I'm going to wear my bikini for the swim, and then I will go over to transition for my bike, and I will put a sports bra over the bikini top, and then just slide the bikini top out from underneath my sports bra, throw on my running shorts, get on the bike, and go, along with my shoes and things. Anyways, that was a a silly thought I had. And what I ended up doing was just wearing a pretty sports bra for the swim, the bike, and the run. So I I didn't, didn't deal with a swimsuit top at all. I did have my bikini bottoms on. And I so boldly, when I got out of the swim and went over to transition, I wrapped myself in a towel. I shimmied my bikini bottoms off out in public and then... Um, pulled my running shorts on (laughs) underneath the towel. So nobody saw anything, but I was a little bit risque. Anyways, I registered for this race and I thought, well, certainly I can do it. And I had no pressure on me to be first or second or third. I just was excited to go have fun, to go live a life of athletic adventure. And I've been preaching that for many years. And I hope you know that I will always 
walk the walk. As long as I am physically able, I will be pursuing athletic adventure until my days are done because it makes me a better person and um, yeah, makes me a better person and it fills my life with the good stuff. So this is how it went. I, I show up almost, didn't let get let tra- into, tra- I'm sorry, I showed up and I almost didn't get in because I showed up a few minutes late to get my stuff and they were closing the transition area where you storage your bicycles. First, I had read through all the materials. I don't know how I missed it, but we were supposed to have our bike set up in transition at 7 a.m. and I showed up at 7 a.m. So anyways, thankfully they allowed me in, set up my bike. It's not a tricky thing to do. You got to put a number on your helmet. You got to put a number on your bike. I had to write my bib number, which I think 476, we had to write it on my biceps and my shins. I left my running shoes, my socks, my drink, my inhaler, my whatever it was. I just left it on a towel next to my bike along with my helmet and I headed off to the lake. I had about 45 minutes before the mini sprint took off and it was very cool watching the other athletes take off. I just love supporting other people during the races. Shocker. Um, But they were great. Such a diverse group of people, different ages, men and women. There were uh, lots of different body types and they all had this one thing in common is love of sport and athletic adventure. So I I loved watching them take off. Instead of taking off in a big pack, the way we often see triathletes do, we uh, and to avoid close proximity to each other, they had a rolling start. So, you know, Susie went three seconds later, Mary went three seconds later, Jane went. So it was one at a time, we all dive, dove into the lake. So I watched them go through it and that was really exciting. It didn't scare me, it motivated me. I couldn't wait till it was my turn. As with almost all triathlons, they provided each athlete with a swim cap and that allows them to identify you while you're swimming. Not you personally, but for them to see this bright blue or bright green bulbous object in the water in case they need to do rescue. So it's very important that triathletes all wear their swim caps. So mine was baby blue, which I thought was super pretty and I had my goggles. And when it was our turn to take off, it was 8.15. I, uh, I lined up first, and I think there was only 20 people doing the mini sprint, but I was super excited and not feared, not fearful at all, so I lined up first. They said, go. I um, jumped in the water, and soon after I got in there, I started to hyperventilate. I've been having some significant breathing issues over the past few months. Uh, I don't tell anybody this, but I have asthma. It's well-managed. So I don't talk about it, but um, I wore a mask once because of the order to wear a mask and it completely screwed up my breathing for the next few months. In fact, I'm still dealing still dealing with issues. However, uh, <laughs> specifically didn't help me out in the leg. So I dive in, I start hyperventilating. Now, mind you, I'm swimming every other day with minimal problems. Usually I get to the wall and I have to work to, to get a deep breath. But, uh, but yeah, I wasn't having any of freestyle swimming in this lake. So I ended up swimming backstroke and finishing last, even though I started first, which was fine. Did I care? Not even an ounce. I mean, there was no part of me that cared about 
finishing last. And then I went over to transition. I was able to shimmy out of my bikini bottoms, get my running shorts on. And, you know, it wasn't in a rush. Clearly, I wasn't trying to win. But you do feel a little bit of panic, like, I got to get moving quickly. Everybody's going so fast. I got to go, got to go. And I got on my bike. Now, I have a bike. It's a $98 bike from Walmart. It's a mountain bike. It's not a road bike. Many of the athletes out there have spent a fortune getting beautiful equipment. And I love it because they're highly invested in their sport. I'm a poppin' to the sport, so I definitely did not have fancy stuff. But it just goes to show you, you don't need fancy stuff to go play, right? So I get on my mountain bike and start riding. I'm happy to be on the bike. I'm not a great cyclist. I think the most I've ridden since I bought the bike in March was four miles. I live in a very hilly neighborhood. So four miles requires a lot of effort for me, maybe not for someone who's in super great cycling shape, but for me, four miles is enough around here. Anyways, the course was very hilly. So I got up the first hill without much problem, but then there was another hill. I got halfway up it and my breathing started just shutting down. So I got off the bike, I dismounted and walked it up because it was so freaking steep. And uh, I did that shamelessly, didn't care what anyone thought. And I don't think there was anyone around me anyways, other than the police officers and the volunteers. So I got back on my bike and I rode. And halfway through my bike ride, I realized, golly, I don't think I've ever ridden a bike eight miles in my entire life. Uh, Last time I rode my bike around college campus when I was at UF and I rode it as a kid, but I don't think I ever just went eight miles. And I know some of you cyclists who are listening are laughing because you go out and ride 60 miles. Good for you. I am a complete amateur on the bike. I know how to ride a bike. I'm just not, I'm not a distance rider yet. So yeah, I was struggling. I thought it was really hard. I wasn't dying. I just thought, gee whiz, I wish this was over. (laughs) When am I going to get there? And we were riding around a lake so I could see the the event space or the event venue from across the lake. And it just looked looked so far. And I know we've all been there at whether we're doing a 5K, half marathon, marathon. Maybe you can see the finish line in sight and you're thinking, dang it. Bring it closer. If I could just grab a, throw a lasso around it and pull it in, that would be cool. So riding and feeling tired, but not dying. And then finally we hit this big hill and I'm last. Now, when I tell you I'm last, I'm really last with the police, the slow motion police chase happening. So if you're unfamiliar through any endurance event, usually they have um, police officers riding in the car behind the very last participant to make sure everybody gets home safely. Well, that was me. I had the police escort and I hit this hill And I stand up on my pedals and I'm trying really hard to get up and then my lungs just shut down and I'm not, I'm not short of breath. I have no breath. I'm, uh, I have no air passing and making this horrible sound as I hyperventilate, yet I'm not stopping. I just thought, oh, I got to keep going. So I dismount the bike. I'm trying to walk it up the hill, which is forever long hill. I don't know. Maybe it was Mount Everest in the middle of Florida. That's what it felt like. And the sweet volunteer comes over. He said, you're, you're okay. You're going to do it. And I'm just wheezing and wheezing. 
and buckled over and doing my best. Every step I took was so hard, but I thought, son of a gun, I am going. They are not going to pull me off this course. And um, his name, I finally was able to, when I got to the top and catch a breath, I, what's your name? His name was Richard. So Richard, I know you're not listening to my podcast today, but if you are, if you ever listen, Richard, I love you. Thank you so much. Your support was invaluable. Uh, but yeah, I got my butt kicked. I got my butt kicked hard. So if y'all saw that photo of me post-race and I looked really happy, I was really happy. If you saw my video of me saying I was dead freaking last and I was really, really proud, I was dead freaking last and I was really, really proud, but it was not easy. I think the aftermath, when I had a smile on my face, I looked like everything went fine. It wasn't fine. It was hard. It was absolutely hard. But you know, these are the things that went through my head. Number one, I kept thinking about my son because he has asthma and it's much more controlled now. But I remember the poor baby used to just be sitting in the bathtub wheezing. I could hear him breathing from across the house. So uh, whenever I struggle to breathe, I always think of how much worse it would be to be a little guy and just be sitting there minding your own business and have your lungs shut down. So my mommy, my mommy's superpowers kicked in uh, while I was suffocating. I was thinking about Parker. But then I also was thinking about the struggles I had last summer. Last summer, right at this time, July 1st, was the last of my six mean chemos. And I was brutalized. I was so sick. I was deathly ill. And every part of my body was uh, being destroyed. And it, it was hard to lie in bed. It sounds ridiculous, but lying in bed was hard. Everything was hard. And so there I am, struggling to get up, started struggling to breathe, to get up a hill. And I thought, this is the absolute best kind of struggle in the world. This is the struggle I'm designed for. I'm so happy I'm out here suffocating while trying to get up this hill because this is truly living. So I get up the hill. I'm finally able to start getting a little bit of oxygen back in my lungs. They promised me the rest is downhill. And it was. So I ride the bike downhill, get in transition. I have a two miles ahead of me on foot. I do more walking than running. I do a little bit of running, and I definitely ran through the finish line, which was fun. But it was hard, and it was awesome. And that medal, I think that medal I earned Sunday or Saturday is probably my most hard-earned medal I've ever received. So it's special to me because it was hard. And why do I tell you all this? I tell you because I like to tell you the stories, but I also tell you because I know there's so many of you who would think, I'm not a triathlete, I can't do that. I'm not in the best shape, I can't do that. I can't do a 5K, I can't do a triathlon, I can't do an obstacle course race, I can't try paddleboarding, I'll fall in. All right, well you fall in what, the water? So what? If you go do a triathlon, start with a, the smallest one you could find. That's what I did, and it was still kind of far, and it took me a while, but it was doable. In fact, if I can do it, I think almost all of you can do it. I mean, really, I look the part. Y'all think I look great, <laughs> and that's that's obnoxious for me to say, but I think many of you are saying, Fitz, you look so healthy. But I'm, I'm so diminished compared to what I was. You know, you're looking at this girl who looks fit, but I still am recovering from 15 months of poison and radiation and surgery. Yet I went and did a triathlon two weeks after I did an obstacle course race. So 
I don't say this to brag. I say this because I'm trying to shake you. I'm not trying to shake the life out of you. I'm trying to shake the life into you. What do you have on your schedule that's going to challenge you? What do you have on your schedule that's going to make you belly laugh? What do you have on your schedule that's going to leave you in a pile of sweat? That's what I want you to take from this is that if you don't have one of those things on your schedule, you need to put it there. I believe uh, it's Less Race app, Athlinks. No, not Athlinks, Active.com. Active.com has a race schedule. There's so many opportunities. Maybe put it in your town. You live in Chicago, right? Chicago race, Chicago things to do, Chicago water sports. Doesn't matter to me. Go climb a mountain, climb the Appalachian Trail. Go, you know, every part of this country has their beautiful outdoorsy spot. And I didn't know that. I didn't know before I started traveling that every state had something great in the outdoors. When I thought of Pennsylvania, I used to just think of Philadelphia. And then I got hired to go out into this little town called Huntingdon. And I was able to paddleboard in a stunning lake surrounded by gorgeous mountains or hills, whatever you want to call them. But every single state has their great outdoorsy stuff. Every country has their outdoorsy stuff. So please don't waste yours. And not only don't waste those resources, but don't waste your life because there is a lot of fun stuff to do. And if you become a person who commits to athletic adventure, you will also start preparing for it. You will live like a guy or a gal or someone in between who does athletic adventure. Perhaps you get home from work and you decide, yeah, I need to go for a run tonight. I need to get on my bike. I need to dance with the kids because I have an XYZ coming up. Um, So that means a lot to me. And I hope when you plan something, you share it with me. You go on my social media channels and brag and you say, Fitz, I'm earning my yellow belt right now. Or Fitz, I tried stand-up paddleboarding or I tried water skiing or snow skiing or you get it. Okay, so anyways, I've had a lot of fun and I'm so proud and uh, believe it or not, I'm on the hunt for my next event. I wish more events would start opening up, but I'm excited to, um, yeah, go struggle some more. means a lot to me. If you see something, especially in my area in Florida, North Central Florida, that looks really hard and really fun, send it my way and maybe I'll just get on a plane and come do something hard in your area. If not, Now, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about uh, that I've stumbled onto. First of all, there's Jeans Guy at my gym. (laughs) I'm at the gym every day, and there's always a guy in jeans, and he's so cute. He has their dad jeans. They come up high, and he wears their um, darker blue acid wash. He wears them with white sneakers, and he has a mullet and a mustache, and I am obsessed with Jeans Guy. Why? Because he doesn't give a crap about having the right fitness clothes. He just shows up and he works on his body. And Jeans Guy makes me so happy. I just, I adore him. So um, we don't make fun of anyone here when they're making an effort to be healthy, right? We don't make fun of their body. We don't make fun of their clothes. We worship people who are strugglers, people who are outside the box, who show up and get it done, and I worship Jeans Guy. Now, mind you, I won't ever tell Jeans Guy that because uh, I don't want him to feel (laughs) self-conscious, but I love him so much, and today I was lifting weights in the corner of the gym, and Jeans Guy walked up, and we shared space. We, We smiled and said hello. We didn't interact, but I am obsessed with Jeans Guy. And I've also met a suit lady 
who shows up in her business suits and puts on running shoes and walks on the treadmill during her lunch break. There's a lot of people like that. And I salute them, all of them. And I tip my invisible hat, you name it. I love jeans guy, suit lady, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And here's another thing. I was listening to a well-known talk show host on Sirius XM recently. She is not a health or fitness expert in any regard. And she, I don't know, someone was talking about weight loss to her and she had the audacity to tell them that, well, they may simply never be able to lose weight because uh, everyone has a set weight. And I'm using air quotes with my fingers. Quote, unquote, set weight. It's a weight your body wants to be. What a bunch of horse crap. That is not true. And your body will do almost anything you tell it to. Remember, short of crushing bones or making you shorter or taller, you are in almost complete control of your body. If you're overweight and you go and you're stranded at sea, will you lose weight because you have no food? Or will the weight stay because there's a set weight? You will lose weight. Your body doesn't just have a mind of its own. It's like, no, I want to be 157. I don't care if you change your habits. I just really want to be 157. That's crap. A set weight does not exist. And I, ignorantly and foolishly, when I was a teenager, I thought a set weight would exist. And I I was (laughs) uh, 35, 40 pounds heavier than I am today. And I thought that was the weight my body wanted to be. Now, I exercised profusely. I was already teaching fitness, but my body stayed at a certain weight because I wasn't changing my eating habits. When I finally changed my eating habits and adopted the exact formula for weight loss, shockingly, my body shrank to the size I wanted it to be. So, set weight, horse crap, don't ever fall for stuff like that. And if you haven't read the article called The Exact Formula for Weight Loss, do it. It's on the cover of fitness.com all every day of the year. That's F-I-T-Z-N-E-S-S.com. And it's important stuff. It's everything you need to know to achieve your goal weight as soon as possible and then stay there for life. It is not a diet. There are no pills, powders, shakes, supplements, snake oil of any sort. It is just science and a little bit of math and a lot of discipline and you making good choices. Uh, But yeah, the exact formula for weight loss on fitness.com. You can also go back to episode two of the fitness show, this podcast, and I lay it all out in words. So if you don't like reading, listen. And uh, last but not least, I have a lot to talk to you about because it's been a while. But I want to encourage you guys to start um, being kinder. And I know most of you are the kindest people, and I'm not accusing anybody, but I think everybody, even the top tier of good people, need to be kinder lately. I think, um, yeah, what I've, what I've seen is not good. I've, I've stopped watching the news. I can't watch it. I can't see the hatred on people's faces anymore. I can't see people destroying my company, my country, or destroying each other, destroying reputations to get what they want. Um, So what I'm asking is that everybody be kinder, be kinder to absolutely everybody. And as you know, I don't care what your gender is, who you sleep with, where you come from, what your color is, where you pray, none of that matters. I care that you're a nice, decent person And I think even the decent people need to be more decent. Um, Most 
egregiously seeing people being completely hideous on social media, please stop. Um, the finger wagging, you know, you're not in charge of people and their medical health or their behavior, whether they wear a mask or not. People see the news. They, they listen to their own doctor. They listen to their own legislators. They don't need you wagging your finger. We don't need to know which politician you love or which politician you hate. We don't need to know what color people you hate or profession you hate. It's not helpful. It's not helpful. And you're not convincing anybody that your side is the better side. And that goes from all directions. I think everybody needs to work on um, just being nice. You know, that's uh, is that a simplistic way to run society? Sure, but I'm not in charge of society. Um, but I do think that I often have sway with you all and the ability to make you um, reconsider actions that aren't so healthy for you or those around you. Uh, so please stop with the social media ugliness. <laughs> Ask your friends to stop with the social media ugliness. I've personally been staying off of social media and not watching the news. Um, sometimes less because I'm disturbed by what I'm seeing on the news. Sometimes I'm so disappointed in people I care about. And uh, some of the things I think many of my friends would never say publicly or even in a private situation are horrendously bitter and ugly on social media. It's just, I don't think it's bringing out the best in the world. And I know many of you would agree this cancel culture you know, I, I think that everybody evolves. I think if we all look back to when we were teenagers, would we be embarrassed by some of the things we said to our girlfriends, our buddies when we were teenagers? Yeah. Would we be embarrassed by some of our behavior? For certain. And it doesn't really matter what level of stupid behavior you had. Adolescents, teenagers deserve a little wiggle room, right? That's the learning phase. My, my kids, man, are they good kids, but on occasion they do some really dumb things and I don't rip their heads off. I guide them. I provide consequences, but I always keep um, the grain of salt that they're teenagers and this is their practice on being an adult, right? They're supposed to do dumb things and I expect that out of them even though they're really good kids. So if I were to look at a 50-year-old man or woman and start canceling them because of something stupid they did when they were 15, 16, or even 25. Come on. We all evolve, whether it's in our um, political views or our professional skills or our personal skills. I, I, I just, I like people a lot and I choose to see the best in all of you. And um, I, I'm bothered that so many people are showing the worst side of themselves right now. So I ask, I say please, I put my hands together and I say pretty please, be nicer and uh, lead by example and hopefully others will follow suit because I think uh, not only here in America but I think worldwide people need to see the better side of humanity and it means a lot. It means a lot. So having said that, I am going to hush up. It has been great reconnecting with you guys and I'm super excited to spill all the beans in my new book coming out this fall if you haven't already done so follow me on fitness or at fitness on all social media channels visit me at fitness.com and if you haven't done so and you're looking for a way to stay committed to being fit and get your kids fit check out morningmilechallenge.com we have a 
challenge where um, all we're asking is 15 days commitment to 20, 30 minutes of walking and running. And if you can't do that, cycling, swimming, dancing will do the trick. I'm Fitz Kohler, and now it's your turn to get to work. Hi, this is Rudy Novotny, the voice of America's marathons. We all love how much running has benefited every aspect of our lives, so much so that most of us only wish we'd started sooner. Wouldn't it be wonderful to gift the opportunity to children of today? Well, you can. The Morning Mile is a before-school walking and running program that gives children a chance to start each day in an active way while enjoying fun, music, and friends. That's every child, every day. It's also supported by a wonderful system of rewards, which keeps students highly motivated and frequently congratulated. Created by our favorite fitness expert, Fitz Kohler, morning milers across the country have run over 2 million miles and are having greater success with academics, behavior, and sports because of it. The morning mile is free to the child, free to the school, and is inexpensively funded by businesses or generous individuals. Help more kids get moving in the morning by visiting morningmile.com champion the program at your favorite school or find out more about sponsorship opportunities that's morningmile.com long may you run